0: After visiting the post office, I am packing my bags to head to my third stop of the summer. This time, I am moving up to the central Vietnamese region of Bunga Tho. Today, Ma Thuột was not only the capital and the main city's hub of Dak Lak province, it is the economic, political, and cultural hub of the entire central Vietnamese Tây Nguyên area. Rich in history, heritage, and coffee, Ma Thuột was a stop I could not miss. This is the Vietnamese Narrative Podcast, the first of two episodes in the city. To understand the culture and the roots of the city, a brief understanding of the region's history is key. The name Thuột has its roots in the traditional Ede language, which means the village of Ametho. Amethok was a rich prison warden who had massive influence over the area. Other villages and cities then developed around the original village, which forms the city of Thuột that we know today. When the French ruled over Vietnam, they took a special interest in this general central area. Most importantly of all, they wanted to sever this region from the rest of the country, keeping them culturally and geographically isolated. This way, the French could quash all hopes and traces of rebellion and potentially gain allies to help them overtake the country. In 1945, however, a regional revolution ousted the French rule from the area over decades of abuse of the people who lived there and isolation from the rest of society. As the French rule began to end, then the American War began, the locals began to demand more involvement with the national government and were later then included in the country's government representation. In today's episode, we will explore one of bo oldest historical sites, the bo Exile House. <coughs> The Bumutuk exile house was built by the French government from 1930 to 1931-ish to isolate, quarantine and imprison leaders of the Soviet methods revolution as well as pro-liberationists. There are a couple of blueprints here to which the French used to build. But why is it called an exile house? It's called that way to differentiate the type of prisoners within the imprisoned population of the country. For example, a normal prison would have many different types of prisoners. Felons, murderers, etc. This exile house mainly imprisons political prisoners. It's like a prison, but Dai here means exile. Exiled from the northern central region to Nintor. Most of the prisoners here are exiled from three or more years. Mm, three
1: years.
0: This is Mr. Tan, a local historian who works at the Bungutu Exile House. He introduced what the Exile House is and why it's called an Exile House to begin with. He mentioned that the detention center was mainly for political prisoners, but it's important to elaborate on where these political prisoners came from. In the late 1920s to 1930, the revolution in the Yun region saw an uptick when the native people who lived in the area began to have anti-Western and pro-liberation notions. This meant that the number of revolution leaders, supporters, and pro-liberationists, all of these categories fitted into the definition of what the French considered political prisoners, increased. This meant that the French government had to build the exile house in this area to publicly and ruthlessly punish the revolution leaders. Originally, the exile house wasn't built in Moumetteau, but instead at a small town 50 kilometers away. However, proposals came to build the prison within the city partially because of the French economic crisis in 1929. Building up the prison would take huge expenses and the extradition of prisoners far away would also take up time and money. However, that was not only the only reason why the French decided to build a prison in the area. Mr. Tan
1: adds on. <coughs>
0: Why did the French decide to build the Exile House here?
1: The first reason, the
0: Bomotokdaklak region back in 1930-1931 to was a very nature-bound, desolate area. Surrounding here were only forests. They isolate political prisoners here to exterminate their revolution ideals and drain them out. The second reason is to separate them from society and their families. And the third reason is to use prison labor and free up a major highway, the 14th highway, for the French government to transport natural resources as well as build military bases for their personnel. Driving along the highway now, you would see that in Dak there is the Kantum prison. In Bù there's the Exile House. These are the prisons along that same stretch of road.
1: 2 <laughs>
0: According to original blueprints, the exile house was built on two hectares and was covered by four four meter walls with barbed wire. At the four corners were four watchtowers. When a prisoner gets sick or suffering from mental illness, they don't bury them out, but instead throw them over the wall for animals to eat their flesh. Because the surrounding area was forested and mountainous, the French chose this area to build the exile house because of one more reason, the issue of tribal territory. Should a prisoner escape, they will either be hampered by the animals in the forest. Secondly, there are a lot of tribal minorities in the area. The French actively try to separate the tribes and antagonize them towards one another. Hence, when prisoners escape, the tribes would simply report them back to the prison. Once you're in, it's impossible to get out. Looking at the blueprints of the Exile House, the difficulty of escape was not exaggerated by Mr. Tan. The Exile House originally was placed on a two-hectare area on an elevated location surrounded by hills with large trees as well as paved dirt roads for resource transportation. Just further out, valleys, waterfalls, and mountains surrounded the area where the Exile House was originally placed. This made escaping ever so difficult, and even if the prisoners escaped, the terrain would definitely hamper them or even kill them. Now, what makes the exile house worth discussing in this podcast? This boomerang exile house is one of the clearest historical relics that provided a glimpse into the hardships that Vietnam has faced under foreign rule. During 1954, when the Vietnam War, or the American War from the Vietnamese perspective, began... The sovereign government took over the French and continued to utilize the the exile house. They built a wall splitting the exile house into two categories, one to house political prisoners and to train them, the other to house other criminals. Quoting Mr. Tan, once they were sent to the exile house, they were never seen out again.
1: They're still coming!
0: I walked into the exile house and immediately I was greeted with a tall arch gate lined up with double road barbed wires on top of walls several meters high. In front of me were two rectangular buildings with barbed windows, some of them closed that were high up on the walls of the building. There were also two prison buildings where prisoners were being kept. Inside, the ceilings were also lined up with barbed wire. It seemed as if the wires were electrified for there was a space that was intended for the placement of an electricity box. Few sunlight reached the inside of the house buildings. Only the two ends of the buildings get any light coming through the cracks on the ceiling. I then walked into the pathway between the two buildings to a series of smaller houses. They were called the free torture houses. The leftmost house was called the prayer house. Prisoners who were about to be executed or tortured would be allowed a short period of time with the house to pray for whichever high being they believed in for a peaceful afterlife. It consisted of nothing more than a dark cube box with one small window and a wooden door. The middle house was the electricity, torture, or execution house. The house was also a small box with barred windows on the the side and a chair in the middle of the room. The house intentionally had a big window, so other prisoners could hear the screaming and the pain of one being tortured and killed. The rightmost house was generally called the torture house, This house had a small barred window and a chair in the middle. Those who were imprisoned were beaten up in this house in order for the French or the Americans to extract information or for plain enjoyment. And adjacent to the free houses was the workshop. As Mr. Tan mentioned, the French government used prisoner labor to pave roads so that the French could connect more prisons and detention centers into one central network. Prisoner labor was also used for ironing and metalwork, woodworking, as well as other hard labor. Some of the bricks on the wall eroded as prisoners damaging the walls while being held to work for the French. There were some tally marks on the walls, though hard to make out, which, they may, which may have signified prisoners counting their days until supposed freedom, which never really arrived. Some of the prisoners held captive in this detention center are famous historical figures in Vietnamese history today. For example, Ho Tung Mao, a famous state revolution leader. Phan Dang Lu, a socialist advocate and statesman. Nguyen a military leader in the Vietnamese People's Army, and Tô Ho, a revolution poet, and more. Many of these historical figures vouch for one thing, freedom and liberation. I want to read a poem by Tô Ho, the revolution poet imprisoned in the exile house. The reading will be in Vietnamese, followed by a brief summary of its content in English. This poem, titled Since Then, has been used in Vietnamese textbooks commonly. Từ ái từ ấy trong tôi bừng nắng hạ mặt trời chân lý chói qua tim hồn tôi là một vườn hoa lá rất đậm hương và rộn tiếng chim tôi buộc lòng tôi với mọi người để tình trạng trái với trăm nơi để hồn tôi với bao hồn khổ gần gũi nhau thêm mạnh khối đời tôi đã là con của vạn nhà là em của vạn kiếp phôi pha là anh của vạn đầu em nhỏ không áo cơm cù bất, cù bơ this poem praises liberation and revolution movements, as well as describes the happiness and elation of a worried, scared man who was preoccupied with his miserable life, into receiving a new, beautiful, strong light from the state that enlightened his soul. who incorporates state ideals, human compassion, as well as future optimism into his poem, attributing it to liberation and freedom. This is one of the most famous poems which ignited national enthusiasm and helped to fuel numerous national liberation movements. This poem is a representation of what was vouched for by the prisoners of the Exile House. The notion of the unity of the state, as well as freedom from oppression, and the miserable way of life enforced upon Vietnamese citizens by foreign forces. These famous figures in Vietnamese history are enshrined in history books, road names, as well as museums and monuments dedicated to their name in today's time. They are the representation of the people who endured the torturous regimes of foreign governments during the wars that Vietnam was involved in. Their views of how the country should head shapes a lot of Vietnam today. To many locals and Vietnamese natives alike, this important historical site is a reminder of how far Vietnam has come from after over 30 years of constant warfare. The torture and inhumane treatment of the political prisoners is a grim reminder of the fate of those who have helped Vietnam gain its voice of independence that it possesses today. This site, rather than a detention site, is seen as a site of heroism, a commemoration of those who had risked their lives to protect the rights and the demands of the people, freedom as well as the soul of the country.
1: In Block Eban, đã từng là quản ngục ở đây. Các người lính khố xanh người xưa làm tôi khác. Sau này thì đồng chí giác ngộ theo cách mạng thì đã từng là đã là phó bí thư tỉnh ủy
0: The Vietnamese narrative is a story of the evolution of Vietnamese values and culture and heritage. Without the hardships that the country had endured, few would imagine the country that is Vietnam today. During the history of the country, Vietnam has been through many foreign regimes. What all those regimes had in common to the eyes of the Vietnamese people is that they all wanted to wipe out the essence of Vietnamism. The approach the French took in dividing the tribes and villages of the central area was an example how foreign rule supposedly tried to disband the Vietnamese people. This Vietnamism was what pro-liberationists were trying to protect. This podcast episode is not intended to be propaganda or to influence ideals in any way. This episode explains the root of Vietnamese ideology and beliefs as an analysis of an evolution of the Vietnamese rhetoric from the lens of this historical site. The legacy of this exile house shows the struggle of the preservation of Vietnamism as well as the hardships those who are trying to protect it faced. This exile house is a symbol of the evolution of Vietnamese unity as well as the uproar of the Vietnamese people for independence. This is the Vietnamese narrative.
1: dính giết lầm than ảnh quân tham tàn để cô sai lầm lụy phasi cướp thóc lúa, cướp đời sống giờ hơn mình nào nhà tù nào trại giam biết bao nhiêu nhiều hình ờ hồng báo thua cướp